Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. This section of scripture is known as the Great Commission. As the last recorded personal directive of the Saviour to his disciples, it holds great significance to all followers of Christ. It's the foundation for evangelism and cross-cultural missions work in Christian theology. Because the Lord's instructions were to go to all nations, and that he'd be with us until the very end of the age, Christians of all generations have embraced this command. As many have said, it's not the great suggestion. No, the Lord has commanded us to put our faith in action. As we look around our world, we can see what a marathon task this is. And as a family, I would ask the children, how can we do this when we obviously can't visit other nations in the world to share with them the good news? We can pray for them. And my good friend Sarita Holtzman from Sunlight Curriculum talked about praying for an unreached people group every day using the Global Prayer Digest. She suggested that some countries are simply too dangerous to take our children to, so by reading about these nations, we can learn about them and prayerfully imagine some of these situations. Toiling without a Bible. Marriage without sanctity. Mothers without self-control. Sickness without tender care. Death without Christ. Homes without peace. And life without rules. Everyone can obey Jesus' command to make disciples of all nations. We have to be creative and find the how. Alleluia. Hello. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passions or simply hanging out in a tree. Homeschooling can be embarked upon for a number of reasons too. A physically challenged child or parent, the threat of bullies and overwhelming peer pressure at school, a particularly brilliant child who is bored in kindergarten, a conflict in religious teachings perhaps, or a desire for the family closeness missing in your upbringing. For me, it's a lifestyle that suits the maverick lurking within. I wanted to be the one who saw the light bulbs go on. I wanted to be there at turning points in my children's lives. I didn't want to hand them over to folk who weren't their mother, and I wanted to make my own decisions about how to raise my children. On my show, I've spoken to a wide range of homeschooling mothers, fathers, and graduates who find educational opportunities everywhere and thrive. I've moved in and out of my comfort zones. God and children will do that. I've gained insights and delights that I'm happy to share with you. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, 
always busy and sometimes a roller coaster, but for me it starts and ends with God. The clatter on my roof of a rainstorm, pasture lands that reach for miles, birdsong ringing in the dawn, the scent of freshly mown grass, a starry night out in the middle of nowhere, the smell of propane reminding me of childhood camping holidays, and lightning proclaiming God's power. If you pop by, I'll offer you a cup of PG tips and a slice of chocolate cake to tickle your taste buds, and thank you for staying. I'm broadcasting today from Turkey Creek in Florida, and after the first break, I'll be talking to Michael T. Hansen from the Great Commission Transmission about how to find Christ and witness to unbelievers through film. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking or snacking on, and sit back and listen to me as I share the latest and greatest from the McNinney household where the avocados are ripening and it's a race with the squirrels to get to them first. We're planning our trip home and wondering where we're going to be living. Are you ready? Our house on stilts has no carpeting. There were rugs down when we first moved in, but we discovered that the dogs, although claiming to be house-trained, weren't really. For me, house-trained means they don't use the house under any circumstance to relieve themselves. My dog, good old Watsy Head, could go for hours if he had to, until he became a very old man. Then the mere sight of us when we returned home was too much for his weakened bladder. But apart from that, he was perfect. These two dogs are dogmates, pee most nights on the tar patio where they sleep, and they really don't think twice about an oopsie when we go into Fort Myers for an extended outing. I'm talking only six hours. So we took the rugs and the mats up to make clean-up easier. And when we were in London, we toyed with the idea of tiling our floors also, but then we decided that carpet would be quicker and easier and possibly more saleable. The job of carpeting our lovely little flat was completed in six hours and we were expecting to have to move the furniture ourselves because originally we were told that they were sending out one fitter. This is England for you. We were pleasantly surprised by the arrival of three fitters and as good citizens had already cleared the living room of furniture. The day was a glorious one and we had all the doors and windows open and within moments they had the old up in the lounge and the new under laid down. Then disaster struck. Excuse me, I heard a male voice calling down the hall. Yes, I left the sanctuary of my laptop and went into the congested hallway. Do you have a plaster? Now, a plaster's a band-aid in American. One of the lads has cut himself. I rummaged around the kitchen drawer, knowing full well that if I found a plaster, it would probably be inadequate. Instead, I found a roll of medical tape. Oh, that'll do. I'll wrap his arm up. But he was back in a moment for paper towels and news that the cut was long and deep. He's popping off to Lewisham Hospital to get it stitched up. It's about two inches deep and yay long, his boss said. He held his fingers apart about six inches. I went to see what had happened. Apparently, he had cut his arm on his scalpel-sharp carpet knife lurking loose in his shorts pocket. Now we were down to two fitters, but still, that was better than one. The lounge was finished, and they were clearing the hall of furniture so that they could throw carpet on it next, and then moved on to the bedrooms. And we thought we'd vacuum the lounge before the new furniture arrived later that morning, you know, trying to get everything done in one day. But before we could get the bagless contraption out and working, the new furniture arrived, and my handy cowboy became sidetracked. 
Now, there were two war workmen on our property, and there was a lot of noise of doors slamming and directions being given. I bet our neighbours were having a curtain-twitching marathon. The furniture men took one look at our French doors and shook their heads. They went to get a tape measure and checked the centimetres. They tutted, they shook their heads again, and they clambered over furniture in the cluttered hall to measure the front door. They returned outside, still shaking their heads. Sorry, we're not going to be able to get the couches through these doors, they said sadly. And to cut a long story short, they ended up bringing them in through the window. Boys will be boys. There were five against one, and even the carpet layers came to watch the fun. Luckily, we live on the ground floor, and Dortz missed all the capers. She was at work. When she came home, she said, You mean you had five men here all morning? Yes. When Stitches finally came back from the hospital, I said, the man who had cut himself had returned to finish the job, and we had the carpet down, and it looked great. Oh, there goes a tick swoosh from one of my children, and it's time for me to go on my first break. When I come back, I'll be talking to Michael T. Hansen from the Great Commission Transmission Network, so don't go far. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. This afternoon, I'm delighted to have as my guest a homeschooling dad who is probably the coolest father ever because he uses film, popular movies, in fact, to bring the truth about Christianity to his children and all young people he comes in contact with, which today includes all of you listening to my show, so gather round. Michael T. Hansen is a digital missionary and the founder of the Great Commission Transmission Network. He has over seven years of podcasting and internet broadcasting experience under his belt. After producing and hosting over 300 podcast episodes on a variety of subjects, Michael's now focusing his time and talent in digital new media towards 
fulfilling the Great Commission as given in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Thus, GCTN was created. He's a follower of Jesus Christ, musician, recording engineer by trade, husband, father of four, homeschooling dad, Bible student, mouseketeer, and geek. He holds firm to the truth that Captain Kirk is superior to Captain Picard in the same way that Elvis is superior to the Beatles. I had to say that because he's listening. Of course, it's really the other way around. Michael, welcome to my show. Oh, Vivian, thank you so much. It sounds so much more impressive when you read that in your wonderful accent. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Michael, let's talk a little bit about your network, uh, the Great Commission Transmission Network. I know you've been, you've been working on that, and it's, um, I don't know, is it a new project? Tell us about it. How did you get started? Oh, I left a uh, another uh, well, a, a group of people that was uh, um, working towards a very niche um, uh, target audience. Uh, we were targeting uh, fans of J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a great network. I ran the radio station over there, and I had already had all these years of. Uh, of digital broadcasting under my belt, and it was just weighing on my heart that I needed to use it for uh, a greater good, a more targeted good. And uh, so, about oh, a little over a year ago, I I, uh, I put together the Great Commission Transmission Network. Okay, and did you stop working for the other company, or is this? Uh, did you right. branch out on your own? So you, you yeah, went into I, business yourself. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and because I was able to uh, utilize these these the skills that I had mm-hmm. uh, be very targeted. Now, I was a little bit naive to begin with, because mm-hmm. I believe that uh, that obviously people out there that are Christians, followers of God are going to glom on to uh, to such a notion. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there, there's a lot of hard work that is involved and we're still working hard and we're expanding and we're very excited about uh, all the things that God is, uh, all the opportunities he's laying before us. Now, you, do you have staff? You're saying we? I say we as a loosely knit uh, group of fellow digital missionaries, people who in their heart of hearts know that uh, God has created man with the ability, the knowledge. You, know, you and I are sitting here talking via Skype uh, like we're in the same room, mm-hmm. um, and, and man can create these devices. We need to use them in order to uh, to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. And tell us how you're, how you're doing that, obviously, podcasts. But what are the other ways? Because you've got a market. You know, people aren't going to find you. There are so many people out there on the Internet. Well, we are using social media, mm-hmm. social networking uh, to uh, the fullest of our abilities right now in order to reach um, uh, the people that would be interested, the people that are already aware of what podcasts are, because believe it or not, the vast majority of people out there still don't even know what that word means. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so sometimes you have to change the terminology. You don't say I am doing a, I do a podcast. You say we have an Internet radio show. Well, okay. those are two words that people understand. They know what the Internet is and they know what radio shows are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's just the way that you communicate what you're doing how you speak how you talk to people yes ma'am and you you are gearing up towards the younger 
um, segment of the population. So um, hopefully they already have a nodding acquaintance with some of the things that you're doing and, you know, more expert probably in some areas than than you and I are. So um, how specifically are you you know, gearing them up, getting them excited about what you're doing. Well, one thing, we have a youth ministry show, and when you uh, tell the young folks, hey, we need you to be on the show, they're all for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So. so that's called the Youth Challenge Today. Is that what that one's called? Yes. Yeah? And how does that work? Well, it's the um, it's the same premise as, as our Finding Christ in Cinema movie show, and we are going to take things in culture today that kids are experiencing, the things that I didn't, um, you know, they're similar, but but it, it's a little more prevalent today, and we're going to address those, and we're going to teach youth how to respond in a Christian way, yeah. um, in a way that is going to make an impact for Christ. Yeah, so it might not just be things that they see on, on film, either at home, on, on um, Netflix, or out at a movie theater. It could be things that they encounter in their everyday lives. That is the, that is the goal of the Great Commission Transmission mm-hmm. Network, is to be the Apostle Paul of the modern times, where as he would go into Athens, or he would go into the city of Ephesus, he did not beat people over the heads. He used their culture, mm-hmm. the things that they were familiar with, the things that they were involved in, and used them God. Yeah, yeah. So can you give me an example of a couple of movies that you use to teach Christian values? Yes, I can, as a matter of fact, because our co-host on Finding Christ in Cinema last night was, uh, or last night, he was leading a group of youth at mm-hmm. his church uh, mm-hmm. for their movie night, and they watched The Princess Bride. Okay. Princess Bride is one of the most beloved movies of all time, one of the most quoted movies. There are a a slew of websites dedicated to uh, quotes from The Princess Bride. And we covered that several episodes ago, and um, one of the things that we pulled out was the the love between uh, 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 what's his name Wesley and Princess Buttercup, mm-hmm. and how that mimicked the Song of Solomon, and how the Song of Solomon points to the love between Christ and the church. And so we tell uh, listeners, when you're sitting on the couch with your friend or your loved one who is unbelieving, doubting, or just a nominal Christian, you can say, hey, did you ever notice that this is, uh, this is the Song of Solomon that's playing out before us? And I see Christ in the church uh, with, with Wesley and Buttercup. And you can just start a conversation. It's an easy way to start a conversation. Um, we, we covered the movie The Matrix. That's a very popular movie. Okay. And um, generally speaking, people look at that and say, see, messianic overtones and and they point out uh well neo the main character he's kind of a christ figure well we step back a little bit and said no neo isn't neo's more like us he's like people that are being uh sought out by the christ figure which is uh which played by uh, lawrence fishburne as morpheus and so we we just find these things and just present a nice little tool for listeners and I, I liken it to, oh, you know, make it a little mental 
post-it notes and just keep that in your virtual pocket there. And so when you're watching it with your friend the next time, you can say, hey, just strike up a conversation. If they are interested in that conversation, you pursue it further, build a relationship, bring them to Christ. If they're not interested, at least you planted a seed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, well, did the directors even pick up on this or the producers of these films or the writers of the stories? Or is this just something that is naturally occurs within the movie well i heard a uh, the preacher at our church recently said um, all the best stories have shades of the greatest story mm-hmm. so that, yeah. that, i think that answers that question yeah yeah absolutely so really the movies that our children may want to watch don't necessarily have to be christian movies they could be secular movies but as a parent, we could sit down and maybe help them see um, or teach them a Christian value. Or maybe we might find something that we've um, been studying in, in our Bible study that week that comes up. Not deliberately going out and looking for it, because I, I, I think sometimes when we have that in our mind, we can see that. That's we, exactly what we're doing. In yeah. fact, we stay away from quote christian movies yeah. we are watching the movies that everybody else is watching well you know we have limits we're not going to watch something that's just uh, some movies have no redeeming value i was going to ask you that are there some films that you just cannot do we're that? not going to watch you just need to stay away from yeah just stay. Um, but yeah but people are watching the planet of the apes people are going and seeing uh you know the transformers movie and people love the harry potter film franchise they love the lord of the rings the hobbit all those things use them as a tool just like the apostle paul did in athens i see that you guys are religious you have all these gods around and yet you have this one to the unknown god let me tell you about him he didn't go in there and beat them over the heads and say you guys are all you're you know you're all lost. No, he didn't do that. He engaged them, built a relationship with them in a way that he knew would be engaging. Those those Greeks, they loved to talk about new philosophies and stuff. And he just he pulled them right in and people were saved. Mm-hmm. So so tell me some of some of your youth, you said some of the youth are experiencing some things in their culture that you um, never experienced as as you were growing up. What kinds of things are you talking about? Are you uh, you tell you tell me. I'm not going to guess. Well, uh, there the debate between uh, uh, well atheism and and, and theism mm-hmm. is a whole lot more heated now. It's more angry now than when I was a, a youth. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes, there, I I knew plenty of people that were atheists, but they weren't name calling and and vice versa. The 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 Christians that get the 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 media's attention are doing some really nasty things. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we're just bringing these things out. How, you know, it's really kind of a what would Jesus do, you know, Mm -hmm. show. That's Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Um, Homosexuality, uh, dealing with, um, um, you know, science issues, Er everything that they're going to encounter in their day-to-day life at school with friends, Mm -hmm. um, we cover those things and, um, uh, you know, turn it to a positive instead of, you know, A, do be. Yeah, yeah. And and reaching out and open lines of communication, you know, yes. not, not saying, well, we're really not going to talk about that in here because that, that makes them think, oh, well, if that crops up, then maybe I can't go back and talk to an adult about it. So maybe I'll just talk to one of my peers and we know where that leads. 
Right, right. Yeah, and and with everything, we are just wanting to provide little tools, yeah. little easy tools to use in your day to day encounters. Yeah, so we can use this with um, this the same methodology that you're using with films. We could use it with art, books, yes. um, just about everything that's going on on in our lives today. Absolutely, pop culture using the culture. For okay. Christ. Okay, and I'm I'm reminded of the Hebrews when they um, left Egypt. They went to their neighbors, they went to their employers, and they asked, "Will you give me? You know, I'm going away. Will you give me some money? Will you give me food?" And they took yes. the riches from that pagan society yes. for themselves to use for the good. And we can do that in our world because we we're, we're here, we're living here among all of this. We don't have to be a part of it, but we. We can take part of it and turn it to the good. That is a great example. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. All right. All right. Okay. So I love your youth challenge today. And we can go online and find that. And we can have young people actually talking. And do, do, are they, do they come up with questions? I mean, are they brave enough to talk about things that are worrying them at school or at church in their youth group? or? We're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. We're, we're trying to establish that it is a safe place for youth to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we that is our greatest hope, that they just come to us with their honest questions, their, the things that they are having inner turmoil about. Let us address it. Um, you know, we have two, two youth ministers on that show, plus myself, mm-hmm. and, and it's a safe place to ask questions. So uh, you know, we're, we're getting these questions that are kind of like the softballs, and we want them to go ahead and you know, throw us some tough ones. Give us a chance to say, I don't know, but we'll find out for you. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Yeah. And you said that you, in, the, um, in your job before, you were um, working with the author, not with the author, but with what he'd written, Tolkien and um, other Christian authors who use Christian themes throughout their books. C.S. Lewis, I'm, I'm sure, yes. jumped up there. Um, so the, the wonderful movie, Lord of the Rings, I mean, must be full. full. <laughs> I mean, where do you start with something like that? You could just do a whole year. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> yes, you sh- certainly can. And and that's the beauty of these movies as well, is that we can we can do a, uh, a show on a particular movie and then come back to it whenever we feel like it. Yeah. And especially, yes, the Lord of the Rings, that well is so deep, you will, will never uh, run dry. Um, in, in fact, we haven't tackled that trilogy yet. We have uh, um, done the uh, the new Hobbit films, but right. uh, okay. Um, so, so do, are the directors Christian of these movies? I doubt it. Uh, yeah. For the yeah. for the most part, and, I mean. And have they lost? Do do they lose some of that truth, or is it just so part of the story that it really couldn't possibly be changed? I agree with that second statement. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and and because mo- most unbelievers have not really given the time to reading the Bible. They read other people writing about the Bible. And and so they're missing a whole lot of, of information there that they aren't even aware is in the story that they're directing. Right. Um, and, you know, that's it's just good, honest, you know, yeah, ignorance really. I can I can hear that because I was um, talking to somebody about atheism, and people claim to be atheists, but you know what? It takes an awful lot of research to be an atheist because you've got to know. 
it why? takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. To be an atheist, that's right, that's right. You're just saying it, and so the questions, you know, the, the that question can be asked, and and feelings can be opened up. And you know, what what do you mean by this? Um, how does do certain things make you feel when you watch this or watch that? And and I say to you, okay, look, I can show you a passage in the Bible that this this relates to, you know, the Song of Solomon, as you said, in Princess Bride. Um, so children, young people answering a friend, a peer who says, I'm an atheist, what, what, would, what would be the best thing to do? Just not go there or say no. something? The, the the best thing is to make sure that you have a relationship with yeah. them, that the relationship is being built, mm-hmm. um, and then you have the trust and the understanding. Then you can engage, just engage, not, not attack, not let's get into a big heated debate because nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just engage and talk and show and really be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, do what you can for them. Outdo everybody else with showing love and compassion, as is written in, in Romans. Be Jesus. That's the most important thing. And, and what we we emphasize above all other things is build relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That would be my. If you're equipped to have a loving discussion, a gentle discussion. Be ready, right? As, as Paul says, always be ready to give a, an answer for the hope that lies within you. But we always forget the, the second part of that, with gentleness mm-hmm. and respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the key words. So how do you feel about our children being taught different faiths, either at school, in the public schools, or at home, as a homeschooler? Well, we, it's funny you say that, we are about to... Um, hop into that very subject uh, at the behest of my wife. Hey, can you put together a, uh, <laughs> a lesson plan for exposing the kids to all the different faiths of the world? It, it, I do believe it's important. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I want my children to do is to get into a discussion with somebody of a different faith and and make false claims. Yeah. Um, have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Do I want them to major in other religions? No, no. But I do think that they need to minor in them. Yes, and it can probably enrich their Christian faiths. Yes, and what, I mean, what, absolutely. And also, what better way to minister or witness to somebody by pointing out some beautiful things about their religious beliefs? Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, well, Michael, thank you so much. We're ready to go on a break now, but we'll be back in just a few moments. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman. On toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. 
from 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm talking to Michael T. Hansen, and he has a great website called the Great Commission Transmission Network. And we've talked, we talked about that in the first segment. And this segment, I'm going to talk to him about being a homeschooling dad. So, Michael, tell me about your decision to homeschool your children. Well, it was uh, it was unilateral. I, I have to admit, um, not that I had all the authority to enforce that, but mm-hmm. I did come home um, to my wife one day as we were pregnant with our first, and you know, really, really want to um, homeschool our kids. Mm-hmm. And after I revived her off mm-hmm. the floor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we started the the long process of discussion because what what's everybody's first response? Mm-hmm. I can't do it, and. Mm-hmm. Why do they have that response? Because we understand the gravity of such a decision. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how many moms and dads have you heard over the years say, I didn't feel that I was equipped. I still don't feel equipped to educate my children in the way that I think they should be educated. Mm -hmm. And so we made that decision. And uh, like in most cases, the, the, the majority of the weight, lands on my wife but yeah. she is a an amazing amazing woman mm-hmm. um and she's the person for the job so were you homeschooled yourself no no i grew up all the way through public education but it was a it was a different time yeah and um different influences and different priorities in public education at least from my recollection yeah yeah so what made you want to homeschool i'm gonna just put it all out there Listening to Focus on the Family, okay. listening to D. James Kennedy, listening to Christian Talk Radio yeah. is really what convinced me. Um, and listening to other families and talking about what homeschooling actually is and what it means gave me just enough information to think that... Uh, uh, that that was a good idea for our family, our kids. Yeah, and I think it's funny how, um, as you say, people say, well, I, I don't feel I'm equipped to homeschool my children or to teach my children, and I, I, they wouldn't listen to me or they, uh, you know, I can't do that. And yet we happily hand them over to other people that we obviously feel have these qualities that we don't feel we have. Right. Well, look, they they have a they have a uh, a degree in education or and everybody, you know, you're that's a great point. And they're just it's just a small part of what the homeschooling situation is as you and I both know, you know, once you get into it, education is just a, you know, that formal academic education, let's put it that way, is just a small part. The rest of it is the building of the relationship with your children. That's absolutely correct. Um my our in our family, the number one priority in the education of our children is their spiritual upbringing. Mm-hmm. There's a saying that uh, a favorite uh, a Bible guy on the radio uses that I've heard for 20 years, and he says, the, the goal is to be so familiar with your Bible that when 
uh, a false teaching, a counterfeit looms over the horizon, Mm -hmm. you can spot it right away. Mm -hmm. And that is what we want to do. We were talking in the last segment about how to train children to engage with people of other religions. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to know what the truth is Mm -hmm. in order to proceed. You have to know what the truth is. And so that was our primary goal uh, for our children. It still is. Know who God is and know what your responsibilities are, and then everything else will follow. So how many children do you have? Well, we have four, um, and they range from 16, well, we have 16, 14, 12, and 2. Two. All right. Because yes. I was, I, I read something about your youngest. You, you included your youngest in like how much digital stuff do, do you do you allow your children to do yeah. and um, you know your your youngest just presses the home key on just about everything that she can find that has a home button and uh, so she's she's getting a, an early start on the real stuff not even the toys um, yes. so they're all still at home obviously uh, yep. uh, sure. college prep what uh, what are you doing for that Oh, plenty of college prep. Well, it really is starting this year, mm-hmm. um, and that is in some more advanced courses, mm-hmm. uh, especially for some reason, and I don't understand uh, all the ins and outs of it, but a lot of uh, essay writing um, reports and, and things like that, and mm-hmm. um, all the things that, boy, I despised when I was in, in school. And my children, um, they just do it and get it done, and they do it well. We're yeah. just so proud of them. I, I'm really it, – it, here's the thing that we get to see firsthand um, yeah. as homeschooling parents is how amazing your children are, how wonderfully knit together by the Lord they are. My kids can do things and know things and figure out things that just that really amazes me. And I would miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a huge difference between seeing it all day long and then, you know, little Johnny bringing home his report card or his, you know, his test with an A plus on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the impact is a lot, uh, a lot more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. So in the homeschool, how do you support your wife? You said your wife takes on most of the um, task of homeschooling. So how, what do you do? Um, the number one thing I would say uh, is validation, mm-hmm. um, showing my faith in her. Um, like I said, my wife is an amazing person. She's my favorite person in the whole wide mm-hmm. world. And her abilities and skills and troubleshooting and you know problem resolving and all that is just amazing to me. And so then, but she's just like any other homeschooling parent is, well, at least most, I would think, uh, doubts herself. Yeah. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if this is going to be the correct curriculum. I don't know, you know, all these, and, and my job is to let her know that I see that everything is working mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Do you so. use a formal curriculum? or No, you- no, no, no. We are eclectic to the max, just okay. like studies show the majority of homeschoolers are, yeah. eclectic homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. It's whatever works. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess it's pretty pragma- pragmatic, which is a very American uh, thing, pragmatism. Yeah. yeah. Well, it works, I think. Um, it, it, everybody, some people I speak to who are heavy academic people 
just do heavy academics and and yes. that works too for them so it i've i've spoken to so many different homeschoolers out there some of them just travel they spend their yep. whole <laughs> lives traveling around the world and, I, and that's one of the the beauties of homeschooling is that you can tailor the education yeah, it, absolutely. I, I, you know in public education we know this it's it's directed towards personality type X, whatever it is. And then if you don't fit into that, you're going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. So do you um, try out your your films and finding Christian virtues on your children before you actually go and broadcast about it? How do you No, but uh, the, it, the, I don't do that, but it does stem from many, many years of family movie nights. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that we would always do after watching a film is yeah. what did you learn from that movie? Mm-hmm. What what good things can you pull from that? What are the bad things that that were in it? And that's that really was the impetus for uh, finding Christ in cinema. Yeah. Now you've got one, two, almost going to have three teenagers, I'm sure, at one time under your roof, and. Um you know, they start to branch out. They start to become more independent, and they, you know, they start pushing the edge a little bit. Um, what What would you say about um, how you can reel them in a little, let them have some rope, um, but keep them safe? What What are you going to be doing? What are you already doing to um, effect, effectively um, help your children grow in a safe way? Okay, well, now we are in the middle of that, or we have stepped at least hip deep into that. And, mm-hmm. and um, two of our children, they react different ways. And uh, so we're, we're in the process of tailoring that that uh, that approach, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, problem solving. Um, but so far, it's working out pretty well. What we do is the number one thing is is discussion question yeah. just why okay dad i would really like to watch you know this movie my mm-hmm. friends are watching it mm-hmm. okay why do you want to watch it other than your friends are watching it well it sounds really neat mm-hmm. okay um but also that same child will bring us a movie and say mom and dad would you watch this um for me and then let me know if it's something that i should watch yeah um they also will self uh, monitor and self censor they'll go on to you know imdb is a great resource because of the parents guide on there okay. um and then obviously everybody knows about plugged in online from uh, focus on the family mm-hmm. and and um and my kids will go and check something out and then they'll come to us and discuss it hey mm-hmm. i've read these things uh, and uh, I think I can handle this. Okay, well, we're we're needing to give you guys some slack and let you go out and see the world for yourself. So, yes, we will give you that slack, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. Or, no, we're not comfortable with that, and we would rather you choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a learning process. So is there something that you do as a family besides watching movies that um, feeds into their creativity? Oh, goodness. My kids are nothing but uh, creative. They mm-hmm. spend all their free time um, drawing and uh, playing music and piano and and uh, painting and writing novels mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So creativity, um, we're blessed that our children were all drawn to the creative side. And um, so we don't, that's... That. So, so both of you are creative. Your wife is also a creative person. I think so, yes. Yeah. So. She created four wonderful children uh, with a little bit of help from dad. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot of help from God. So and a whole lot of help from God. Yep. Okay. Um, as far as um, 
getting out, you know, that big socialization question. Yeah. Um, Church, what else do you do? Well, we are involved in local homeschooling groups, uh, okay. co-ops, uh-huh. right? And so um, they go on uh, Friday mornings to a church with a, with a whole bunch of other um, kids. Uh, it, it's enrichment courses, really. So they're going there to take classes that uh, that we wouldn't be able to provide mm-hmm. with the same uh, effect um, mm-hmm. here at home. And so, you know, science experiment things and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all kinds of good stuff, enrichment courses, and mm-hmm. they love that. They also are involved in community Bible study, mm-hmm. and so on, you know, Thursday mornings, they go and meet with a bunch of other kids that they love and, and a lot of socialization, and our three kids just finished last night was the closing night of uh, the local community theater, the play that they all starred in, and so that's great. Uh, we They get plenty of socialization. It was a worry for us mm-hmm. for many years, mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. but things just seem to, if you if you you know, stick you know, slow and steady, yeah. Um, yeah, things start working out that just really amaze you. And yeah. so my wife and I are constantly saying, "Oh wow, we were worried about this thing, and now look how it's turning out." Yeah. And yeah, so. well, you can't have sixty friends each child. No. you know that's that's and and our children, I think, sometimes think, "Oh, I don't have very many friends," but the ones they have can truly be called friends, not just six hundred Facebook friends that yes. you've never even met. You know, <laughs> they just like your page or whatever. Yep. So, you know. Learn Learning that, I'm glad to hear you did local or you do the, your community theatre because that was very, very strong in our family. It's and, wonderful. Yeah, it grew us. It, it kept us all together, and it was just wonderful. Our children loved it when we were there. Instead of other children, we would watch, and they couldn't rehearse if their parent was there. Yes, and because they were just too embarrassed or worried that their parent would jump all over them and try to be the director instead of the director being the director, and that. And uh, we know those parents. Um, so that was that was wonderful. So we've always, our children have always said, and even older now, they'll do some things that I think, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. But they say, hey, mom, do you want to see this? You know, I, I danced, I was a backing dancer for so-and-so at such and such a club last night. Do you want to see the video? And I go, yeah. okay. <laughs> we sit and we watch it. And she says, oh, wasn't I great? And we just focus on, you know, what she did. And we say, yeah, that was wonderful. And, yep. You know, if you go in and say, oh, I don't think you should be doing that, the judgment jumps in there. And you just kind of put this wedge between you and your child. And I think it's so important to because my children know exactly how I feel about everything. Right. And so they know, well, mom might not completely approve, but I still want her to include her in this or whatever, you know, so. Well said. They do, they do that. Um, all right. Digital stuff in your house? I mean, how do your children use a lot of the internet in in school and on their phones all the time? And how do you restrict that? Oh, well, yes, they are on the computer a lot for school, and they do play video games on the com- computer games and video games. They We don't have smartphones in our family. Um, the the data plan prices are ridiculous, mm-hmm. and so we're just not going to pay that. Um, they do have, you know, iPod touches, so it works just like an iPhone without the phone connection. But um, um, so restricting is, um, well, my wife has set rules, hey, during school, um, you cannot do anything 
extracurricular mm-hmm. uh, until three o'clock. Mm-hmm. So get mm-hmm. get your schoolwork done, and then you can have X amount of time playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how we do. Right now, you mentioned our our youngest, our two year old, that uh, that the last that you heard, she can go around pushing the home button on all the iPads and and whatnot. Well, she is right now. <laughs> she has claimed uh, her mom's iPad and says that that's mine. Thank you. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to figure out how are we going to wean her off this. But the problem is, Vivian, that she has all these apps on there that my wife has loaded that are education apps, and she's learning a ton, yeah. a ton. She knows what she knows animals that I'd never even heard of, and what they can say and do. And so, mm-hmm. it's wow. Okay, um, what do you do about that? Well, mm-hmm. it's going to come down to re- time restriction, and yeah. so I yeah. just I just take it and hide it, yeah. <laughs> or other ways of other you know books like oh, uh-huh. like a revelation. There are books, and they yes. have these wonderful pictures and this wonderful right. text in there. If uh, my daughter moved, and she sent me a photograph of a bookshelf and she said see mom i do own books (laughs) and she had maybe a dozen books on there but they were christian apologetics a couple of cookbooks and i said well you might not have very many but you what you have yes wonderful you know and she was just so proud of that because of course i'm i'm one of these book people that my my whole house has books all over it i just love books and uh I can't bring myself to read a book on a Kindle. I oh, just... I know it. I know it. I never finish a book. If I start it digitally, I never finish I it. Know. I know. But but a paper book you can't put down. How does that work? Well, I don't. And, I don't understand. And in it. England, we sit on buses and trains and and read books. Yeah. And I think if somebody's reading a, from a Kindle, they're cheating. Because they... <laughs> I, can't, I can't look and see what they're reading and think, "Ooh, that looks interesting," you know. Yeah. And, so just... <laughs> and if they aren't cheating, at least it doesn't. At the very least, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. That's right. But you can but, do so uh, much, though, with that, those. You know, you've got you've got magazines on there and newspapers on there. So there is so much value. You've just right. got to be able to look at all the other options as well, and not just home in on the one. And and, and we are a book family here. We don't have TV. We're cord cutters. We mm-hmm. uh, we got rid of the TV a long. I don't even remember the last time I've seen a a real you know modern TV show. It was yeah. at least back to 1990. Myself yeah. and my kids have never had TV, and they read tons yeah. you know that's one of the rules but they also love it so good good and and you're you you work from home so you're there all the time yes yeah. yes my my wife uh, works outside three days a week she works as a an emergency veterinary technician okay. and uh, so she spends three days out um, those three days i i'm in charge here and so yep, i'm, I'm really just you know overseeing <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Um, oh, likely. Um, I've got your your site linked on um, my radio show, and um, I've been talking to Michael T. Hansen, a digital missionary and the founder of the Great Commission Transmission Network. He's over seven years of podcasting and internet broadcasting experience under his belt and is now focusing his time and talent in digital new media towards fulfilling the Great Commission as given in Matthew 28. As you heard, Michael's a follower of Jesus Christ and among many other things, a husband and a homeschooling father with four children. He has the happy task of reaching teens and young adults with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ by producing entertaining and educational spirit-filled content using the common speech and interests of today's youth culture. Move over Latin and math. 
enter Michael Hansen and the Great Commission Transmission Network. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. And listeners, off you go and you visit him podcasting and video blogging at www.gctnetwork.com. And I've got it both linked on my Toginet page and my website, Sociable Homeschooler. Michael, thank you so much for talking to me this afternoon. You have a wonderful weekend with your family. Oh, thank you so much. The joy and pleasure was all mine, Vivian. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I'm back after that wonderful conversation with Michael T. Hansen. How do you think you can incorporate all that he was talking about into your family movie night? What a lovely idea to watch a great movie like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, for example, and then discuss it. When we watched a movie as a family that had been made from a book, I insisted on reading the book first. For me, it makes the movie much more understandable, and we were able to discuss and compare the book to the movie. The book's usually better, in my opinion. Our imaginations are allowed to run away with us, making each character and turn of events unique, depending on our personal experiences and our vision. We discussed points like how were the characters depicted? Had we imagined them the same way as the director? And as musical theatre and stage aficionados, we would ask, what were the actors like? Would we have cast someone different? In 20,000 Leagues, the ending was different. I have no idea why directors do this. In another movie my daughter and I watched, after reading the beloved book several times, the ending was different too. It wasn't as real as the book, and it wasn't as sad. After watching the movie and discussing the generalities, we'd move on to lessons learned from the story over our popcorn, if there was any left, and talk about character traits. In Jules Verne's book, A Movie, the main lesson was vengeance. We know that God is the judge in our lives and that we're not to take revenge, but to be kind to our enemies. And we could ask questions like, Why does St. Paul tell us to do good to our enemies? And why doesn't God want us to avenge ourselves? 
yeah, we can really do a lot with family movie night. We can turn it into a Bible study without the children even realizing. And that's the best thing about homeschooling, teaching our children, encouraging them, guiding them and coaching them. And all the time they're having fun and not realizing that they are learning and then using movies and books and works of art um, in order to talk about what we're um, experiencing in God's world and how God teaches us through these mediums um, is, is invaluable. Finding God in the Ordinary is what I call it, and you know I like doing that. Go to Michael's website, www.gctnetwork.com, and look up his family movie night. He has some wonderful ideas on how to spread the Word of God in a non-confrontational way using movies. I never knew that avocados had to turn black on the tree before they were ready. By waiting that long we run the risk of them falling to the ground and splitting open or even being nibbled on the tree by our friends, the squirrels. If we pick them while they're still green, even when they've ripened on the counter, we open them up and the flesh is rubbery. Definitely, the turning to black on the tree is the trick. I opened three yesterday while I was cleaning off the kitchen windowsill and they were delicious. It's the outwitting of the squirrels that we haven't cracked yet. My blue-eyed cowboy and I have always been the same. We leave things until the last minute before we decide where we're going out to dinner. We're still talking about what we fancy in the car. When we're off to see a movie, the choices are wide and varied and we keep our options open for as long as possible. When we get there, then we decide what we want to see. Now that we're driving back to Dallas, we have no idea where we're going to live, whether we want to rent or whether we want to buy, asking ourselves, do we want to be tied down so soon? Some good friends of ours are taking the plunge and moving to their house in New Mexico, and I was really sad until I remembered we've been doing the same thing, leaving people behind, our children especially, while we spend a year here, a few months there. I think it's time we settle down for a little. In a few weeks, I'll let you know where we are and what we've decided. It was so much easier when everyone was young and we were homeschooling. We could just take them all with us. And with that, I'm finished for another week. We're plotting our route and planning on a slow drive home through the summer countryside of Mississippi and Louisiana. We're going to stock up on honey to take back and whip for the children and perhaps pack up some of those black avocados. I may even take a dozen or so eggs with me. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my producer, Sabrina, and my guest this week, Michael T. Hansen, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, 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 doop.
Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who are willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.